What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Whoop Podcast, where we sit down with top athletes, researchers, scientists, and more to learn what the best in the world are doing to perform at their peak and what you can do to unlock your own best performance. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, and we are on a mission to unlock human performance. What an amazing uh, past week it's been. For those of you following all the action, we announced a new acquisition and push. We announced Whoop Unlocked, our first virtual event. And at that event, we announced the new Whoop 4.0. And actually, our last podcast got into Whoop 4.0 and everything that it can do. So I encourage you all to check out Whoop Unlocked, which was the event. You can see that on YouTube. And I encourage you to listen to the Whoop 4.0 podcast. And you can join Whoop for 15% off if you use the code WILL. That's just W-I-L-L. Now, we got a great guest this week, NFL legend Eli Manning. Eli spent 16 seasons in the NFL, quarterbacking the New York Giants to two Super Bowl victories. He holds nearly every passing record in Giants franchise history and put together a career that many argue is worthy of the Hall of Fame. He started 210 consecutive games from 2004 to 2017. So this is a guy who knows something about consistency. That's the third longest consecutive start streak in league history. So we talked a lot about how he stayed healthy during that time frame, how he overcame injuries, and just what he did from a, a recovery standpoint to be able to start every single game. Eli also discusses his upbringing in the Manning family and his journey to the NFL, I particularly enjoyed him talking about his relationship with Peyton, and we got into that. Eli talked about why training your mind is as important as training your body, how to set yourself up for success in the long term and not just the short term, and his role on the expanded Monday Night Football broadcast, which will be done alongside his brother Peyton Manning. Keep an eye out for that on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Without further ado, here's Eli. Eli, welcome to the Whoop Podcast. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You know, I grew up on Long Island, so the New York Giants were uh, were an important sports team for me. I was a big fan of you and your career. Amazing career at that. Let, let's go back just to start things off. You know, growing up as a kid, your father being an incredible professional football player, did it kind of always feel to you like you were going to be a professional athlete? Did you know that that's what you was you wanted to do? No, I don't think it, that was ever the goal or that was the thought. I think and it wasn't the thought of, of my dad either. I think a lot of people assume, you know, since Peyton and I went on to be professional athletes, that he had this master plan that say, I'm going to make, you know, these these kids into, you know, professional athletes and nothing could be really further from the truth. I think he just... Uh, my dad just wanted to raise, uh, you know, good boys and, and between Peyton Cooper and I, and, you know, we just love sports and, and he loved sports and thought they were great for kids because it teaches you so much about teamwork and, and, you know, uh, and, and hard work and, and kind of dealing with the ups and downs. And we, you know, love, love playing sports, but, you know, we played every sport. It was kind of whatever season you were in, that, that's what you played. And I, I didn't start playing tackle football until, uh, eighth grade. So I played, you know, I was playing flag football. We played a lot of football just in the backyard or at recess at school. And, and I played quarterback and, and could throw it, could always just kind of throw it better than the other kids. So it got to the point where I played permanent quarterback on both teams. And I was like, oh, come on, I, I want to play receiver. Like, can I, can I catch <laughs> a pass? Can I do anything? And, 
I'd go do it, and the, and the quarterbacks were so bad that I would never even call a pass anyway. So I said, all right, never mind. I'm, I'm going back and just playing quarterback. So we, we played, you know, we played, I played basketball all through high school. I played baseball until my junior year of high school. And, but football was always my favorite sport. You know, I really just, you know, the, really the goal was as I got a little bit older, so I want to be the starting quarterback on the high school team. And I want to go try to win a state championship. Uh, I accomplished one of those goals. I became the starting quarterback. I never <laughs> won a state championship, but he just kind of took it, you know, you know, the next step after I, you know, had some success in high school. So I'd love to go play big time college football. And, and, you know, you get there and it's really more about trying to win an SEC championship or win a national championship. And so you just kind of took it at the stages. It was never a master plan to try to be a professional athlete. I think I, you know, originally just played it because I loved the sport I love, you know, being part of a team and and love the quarterback position. How much did uh, your brothers Cooper and Peyton influence you or sort of affect your mindset as growing up an athlete? You know, they definitely had a huge, huge impact on me. I'm five years younger than Peyton. I'm seven years younger than Cooper. And so, you know, th- those were my heroes. And, you know, I still remember, you know, Peyton's sophomore year in high school. Cooper was a senior. Cooper was a receiver. Peyton was the quarterback. And so just, you know, watching all those games, you know, that's, yeah. you know, with my buddies, I'm like, hey, that's that's what we want to do. You know, that's what I want to do. I want to be the quarterback. He'd be the receiver. And, we're, you know, let's go you know, play high school football. And so, you know, that it was just, um, you know, you know, so they had a huge impact. I also, you know, probably more, you know, Peyton, just because I saw, you know, I saw him go off to college and I, you know, and, and he would come back from college during his spring break back, you know, and come home to New Orleans where we grew up and he would, you know, start teaching me some of the things that he was learning in college and some of the drills. And like, I was just a sponge. I was like, yes, more. I like, like I want to know more. And just, uh, and so, you know, he was, he was always looking after me, always very helpful, but I also saw like how hard he worked. And I went up to, when I was in high school, I went up to Tennessee in the summer, uh, to visit him and stayed for a week and, you know, went, you know, got to work out with them and go to throwing sessions and saw him watch him film. And like, I'm like, wow, you, I mean, this is, this is like a, you know, I was, I was needed a nap every day. I was worn out. I'd never seen <laughs> yeah, right. someone work that hard or, or myself work that hard and, and sitting in a meeting room and watching films. So it all just blew my mind. But, but you just saw, you, you saw the hard work and then you saw the product on the field and how much success and you, and you kind of realize, all right, you know, if you go do this, I mean, you got to go all in. So if I get the, the uh, time periods, right. Peyton actually is getting drafted around when you're going or thinking about going off to college, right? Yeah. So he got drafted in 1998, uh, and I, I graduated high school in 1999. So you get you get to Old Miss, and uh, Peyton at this point is having a, a reasonably successful NFL career. At, at what point in the old Old Miss journey are you kind of realizing that actually that's probably going to be the next step for you? Probably my I, I redshirted uh, my first year. The next year, I played a little bit, not much. So it was really kind of my my third year. You'd call it my red shirt sophomore year. I became the, start, the starter and, and you know started to have some success and had a good season and and won some games. And so, you know, I think at that point, um, I knew I you know it's a combination. I said I I knew I wanted to get better and work hard to you know to have you know possibly have a chance to play in the NFL. But the mindset was still like, I, I want to win an SEC championship also, you know, it's still based more on, 
having success uh, and being in college. And, and I loved, I loved college. I loved my teammates. And so, you know, I was not in a hurry to leave. I could have left after my redshirt junior year, but I wanted to come back for my senior year, a chance to be a captain. We had a bunch of us that all redshirted. And so there was maybe, you know, 12 of us uh, seniors that all came in together. I wanted to, you know, go out with those guys and have one final year of college and, and try to win an SEC championship. We were, we were a game short of doing that. We lost to LSU uh, late in the year. Whoever won that game was going to the SEC uh, West and it was going to the SEC championship game. And we lost to them. They, uh, they eventually went on the, and won the national championship that year, but, you know, still, you know, uh, in, enjoyed my whole college uh, career and, and still, you know, tried to stay in the moment, even though I knew I wanted to go play at the next level. I knew I want, this is what kind of what I wanted to do. And so at what point are you realizing you're probably going to go first overall? You know, I, I didn't know um, probably until, yeah, just, you know, until a, a week or so or two weeks, you know, kind of before the draft, you know, I'm going through the process and, and, you know, there was a few quarterbacks. I know they've been talking about, you know, uh, that I could possibly go number one. And so, you know, I, I wasn't all that, you know, concerned about that. I, I didn't have an ego about, Hey, I want to be the first, pick taken and, and eventually I, I would, you know, I obviously didn't have an ego. I, I said, I, I'd rather not be the first pick taken and, and go a little bit later and, and try to go to a different organization. Or I was like, Hey, if you go, you know, the problem with being the first pick taken in the NFL is you're going to a really bad team or the second pick you're <laughs> yeah, going right. top five picks. It's like, Oh, it's great. Congratulations. But you're going to, a bad team. They, 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 they had earned that first pick by, by not winning many games. And so, you know, it can be tough. It can be tough to kind of go into that situation and, and knowing it, it might take a little time to rebuild and, and to, you know, go from a bad team to a good team. And I think uh, I was very fortunate uh, just the way it worked out as being drafted. And then by the chargers getting traded to the giants and coming to the New York giants where T Tom Coughlin was in, was a you know new head coach my rookie season and coach Coughlin's uh, was coach Coughlin's first season as the head coach and I think you know just bought into his his style of coaching and he was hard and he was tough but he he harped on preparation and you he, he, you know he harped on hard work and just kind of the commitment of, of just doing everything you know kind of towards that common goal of of the team coming together to win games and and. I bought into it and we had enough guys that bought into it and eventually had some success. Well, just listening to you, I mean, it, it feels like in your whole life, this focus on hard work and then being part of a team comes through. I mean, just listening to all of this and it's no surprise you've had so, so much success. I feel like when I, and it might be how the media is portraying athletes today, but I feel like there's such an emphasis today on the individual and right. How much did that individual get paid? That individual's holding out. That individual's not happy with their organization. You know, like what do you what do you think of all that? And do you sense that that's a growing trend? I, I definitely sense it's a growing trend, and 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 don't like it. Uh, you know, it's I think it's it's bad for for the game, and I think it's it's a bad look for young young you know uh, athletes kind of growing up. That it's 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 a very much of a me world. Look at me. Looking at how I'm doing, I, 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 instead of we and us and and being a part of the team and and kind of doing something, you know, um, 
you know, that's, it's not just about your personal success, but about, you know, doing it for someone else or doing it for someone else's success or getting joy uh, out of your teammate, you know, uh, scoring touchdowns and, and not you or, and, and, you know, of, uh, getting joy about, you know, um, your coach winning and, and getting to celebrate and not just about, how, you know, how much, how much playing time did I get or how many touchdowns did I throw? And so, you know, I, I love being a part of a team. I love my teammates. I always, you know, kind of, that was kind of always my inspiration to work harder, um, to, to be accountable, to, to be at, you know, practice every day, you know, even when I was hurt or injured or try to play in every game, because I, I wanted to do it for my teammates. I want to be held accountable. I saw how hard they were working. I, I knew my offensive line were all banged up and hurting, but they're out there at practice. And, you know, if they're out there, then I can definitely be out there. And so, I think when you get that mentality and, and I think that that attitude is contagious uh, amongst a team, that, that's when you start to have success. When you get the individuals, um, you know, that, that can also be contagious, but in a bad way. All of a sudden, it's a very it becomes very selfish and it becomes very, you know, what about me? Hey, I know we won the game, but I only had two catches. Like, how, how do we fix that? And, and there is some of that. And you obviously, if you have a great player, you want to get them involved. But you know, there's still ways to, to, um, you know, to celebrate and to be happy about what's going on and, 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 and make changes instead of being sour and kind of trying to bring down the whole mood of the team, because you didn't get your, your self, uh, satisfaction on, 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 uh, and enough looks or enough plays. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it kind of started, you kind of felt that it started in basketball a little bit about right. teams kind of, you know, leaving, leaving a team and, you know, creating these super teams and to get, you know, to get success. And now, you know, I thought it'd be harder to do in football, but, you know, people have kind of tried and it didn't always, it didn't work. You know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but I think it, it kind of creates something awkward for the team uh, when, when, when you, when you see that happening kind of during the off season. Yeah. Well, you describe it with a real, a really refreshing selflessness, just what, what it takes to build a team and have success. Uh, you mentioned also, you know, injuries. And one of the most amazing things about your career was your consecutive uh, starts, 210 consecutive starts. It's, I think, top three uh, for longest consecutive starts for quarterback. What what was it like? What were some of the techniques you used to be able to maintain that and just week in, week out, be able to be available? Because in a sport like football, I mean, that's an amazing statistic. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of it is just, you know, just kind of your, your workouts, you know, during the off season and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're stretching and kind of almost, almost the stuff before the workout, make sure like you don't, you don't skip out right. on the, on the 20 minute stretch before you get into the lift. You don't skip, you know, you don't skip out on the post stretch after it's like, it's, it's doing those little things, uh, you know, really well also that, you know, can kind of get looked over and, you know, if you're, if you're strength coach, you know, kind of, you know, you'd love to be doing it right there with them. Sometimes you had to travel or you're on the move and, but it's kind of that commitment to say, Hey, you know, give me, give me the workout. Let me do it. I'll, I'll, I'll get it on my own, you know, uh, on a Saturday or I'll do it, you know, Tuesday night after cause something, I had a, something going on. And, and so it's, it's, um, it's just kind of that uh, being reliable and, and being committed to, you know, to getting the work in, but also make sure, hey, I'm going to get this full stretch. I'm going to, you know, work on this, you know, maintenance stuff before, you know, before the workouts, get in there early to get stretched. And so it's just like doing all those things, getting a great 
routine, I think was helpful. I think also just the mindset, like, you know, definitely had some injuries over the course of the year. Definitely, you know, was told by doctors that, Hey, you know, uh, I think you'll be out, you know, two to three weeks. And this, you know, me saying, well, I, 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 I disagree with you, doc. You know, I, I, I plan to play this week. It's like, you know, I, I wanted to be out there every week. And I think, you know, sometimes I, I always told teammates and players, it's like, just cause the doc says, Hey, two to three weeks or, Hey, I think you're out three weeks. Doesn't mean like, all right, I can relax. I got three weeks to get ready. It's like, no, the mindset should be, I, I, I want to get ready for this week. And if you can't do it, you'll probably be ready the next week. And so, you, you know, you'll be back a week earlier, you know, so I think it's just- so, so that's so interesting though. Like, what is that moment we're like, right? You, you're in the doctor's office. What would be an example of an injury that you had where they were like two to three weeks? Yeah. I separated my, my right shoulder. Um, so that's pretty important. Yeah. yeah. 2007 in the first, uh, in the first game of the season, uh, against wow, Dallas what a season, right? Right. And so separate, you know, separated it and, you know, go see, you know, doctors and, and not the, you know, not that they were incorrect or not that they were uh, misdiagnosed or anything, but just, um, you know, it's obviously it's a shoulder and you're a quarterback and, and, you know, uh, you, know, you kind of just, you know, you, you have to ask the questions of like, all right, you know, doc, like, do you think I'm, I'm out three weeks because of the pain or do you think I'm out three weeks because, you know, if I, if I, I can re-injure it and make it worse, you know, and so you kind of got to ask those questions and he said, well, I don't think you can make it worse. Obviously, if you fall on it the exact same way that you, you just fell on it, then you could re-injure it, but, you know, but it can't get a, you know, a ton worse. And, and the odds of that happening are, are probably not great. If you just, you know, land on it normally, it won't, you know, it should not kind of postpone the, the or make the injury, you know, last longer or, or anything like that. And so I said, well, you know, let's, I'll try to, I'll try to deal with the pain and just, you know, kind of waited till Friday of that week and, and through some and definitely was uncomfortable. And so, you know, I would never go out there if I think I didn't think I could perform, you know, better than, than the guy behind me, or I was going to, you know, I was going to you know make the team worse that, that week. And so I just felt, you know, I felt all right. I could, I could throw it pretty good by, by, you know, okay. By Friday, with two more days of rehab and rest and, and, um, you know, back, back, back then in those days, they had some special medicines they, that, that have been outlawed since that took away <laughs> a lot of pain. Um, you know, so, got, so you'd you know, take those on the, on the game day or would you practice uh, with them before I practice? Yeah. Cause, cause I'd never taken, you know, it's a thing called Tortorol was a, was a, uh, right. it's a super anti-inflammatory. It's been out, outlawed since, but they were definitely, definitely being, uh, you know, there's definitely a lineup of people taking, taking a little shot of that, uh, every Sunday. I, and I practice, yeah, I, I used it on Friday to kind of try to get through practice and make sure, you know, I, I could, you know, handle it on that. And then, and then did it again on Sunday that week. And then eventually just kind of did it on Sundays for a few more weeks. You know, that, that's the thing that kind of, you kind of learn, uh, I played that next week and, uh, all of a sudden, like that, that, you know, we kind of come back. We have practice on Wednesday that following week after I just played on it. And they're like, all right, you know, full go. I'm like, well, this thing's still like really, really hurts. <laughs> I don't think I'm quite like yeah. full go. Just as I played, like I still got a, you know, still a rehab. It was still like I needed, you know, I got to be, you know, smart with this and, and not overthrow things. And, and so it's still a process to get through it. But 
they definitely got better and and uh, started winning some games. Went on a little win streak. Uh, kind of we lost we lost the second game of the season, and then and then I think went on to win kind of six in a row after that. And and just you know it got better kind of by the by the you know middle of the season. It was feeling perfect again, and 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 went went on from there. And during that season, did you have a different feeling about the team than, you know, your prior few seasons? Like you strike me as a guy who's so present that maybe you're not thinking about, Hey, this is the Super Bowl winning team. No, definitely didn't think, think yeah. you know, that, that, you know, I knew, I knew we had good players. I knew we had a good, a good, you know, group of guys and we had kind of made the playoffs a few years, you know, the, the year before the year before that, but didn't win a playoff game. And so you just kind of felt that, you know, uh, we, we were close to kind of making that, making that turn and, and winning, winning some playoff games, kind of the, you know, I always feel it's, you know, kind of sometimes you got to get to those situations. You got to get to the playoffs a few times before you, you start making a run, uh, just to kind of get, you know, used to being in those situations, get used to playing playoff football. It's a, all sense of different, uh, you know, intensity, it's a different mindset, kind of knowing, Hey, you know, you can, it can kind of make you a, a little tense and a little, you know, you know, rigid because, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't win the season's over. And so you kind of have to get there a few times and, and figure out how to, you know, stay relaxed and stay loose, even though it's such a big game and it's such a big moment. And so, um, you know, that, that year we, you know, end up uh, kind of winning a game late against Buffalo, uh, second to last game of the season to, to secure our spot uh, into the playoffs. And then the last game of that season, 07, we're playing, we're going to play the Patriots of the, of the last game of the regular season. I remember They're, that game. It was a close game and, and you guys actually looked like you had some, you know, you could handle them. Yeah. And I think that was a big part of like, We had already secured our spot in the playoffs and we didn't know if we were going to you know, the starters were going to play or how coach Coughlin was going to kind of handle that situation. And, you know, he kind of came in right away to that first meeting, uh, you know, Monday morning and said, Hey, starters are playing. We're playing the whole game. Like we're going to win this game. And so, you know, this, it, it was a great message by him to say, Hey, this is the, you know, Hey, you know, this is the best team in the NFL. Let's you know they're they're playing they're gonna, they're going to be playing to go undefeated. I like that. They, they, I like they want that. it. Let, yeah. Let's go see kind of how how we how we handle them. Let's go beat them. Let's go ruin their perfect season. Um, and so that was the mindset and to kind of have a have a goal and and we you know we jumped out on we had a lead going to the fourth quarter and then Brady and Moss kind of got on fire a little bit and sure. um, you know but we had a chance you know we're you know kicking an onside kick late the you know late in the game to try to get it to you know, have a chance to go win. We didn't recover. They, they won, but, you know, but it all, I think it gave us a bunch of confidence going into the playoffs all of a sudden where, you know, we'd been in the playoffs two years, years before and lost. Now, at least we have some confidence going in saying, Hey, this is the best team in the NFL. We, we hung with them. We're, you know, we're a play away uh, from beating these guys. So, you know, let's, we, we can, we can put this together and uh, you know, we go and kind of and make that run going to Tampa and, and beat them, go to Dallas, who had beaten us twice already in the regular season, and go beat them in Dallas, then go to Green Bay, Lambeau Field, negative 21 degrees, Brett Favre, um, and, yeah, and beat wow. them to go, go to the Super Bowl. Well, that's the famous Tyree catch game. Just how we drew it up. Of all the plays <laughs> in your career, is that the one you get asked about the most? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, uh, yeah, because there's a lot, a lot going on in that play. It's, you know, it's third and five. 
you know, I'm about to get sacked. Um, you know, they're, they're hanging on to my Jersey. Um, but you know, the guys, my linemen were kind of still blocking them. You know, it's like, I was just reaching over, holding on to the Jersey, but the line, you know, my, my guys were still had a block. They kind of blocked them off of me and roll out, throw it to Tyree. And I mean, I, I still, you know, how he, how he caught that with Rodney Harrison hanging all over him and the, how the ball did not touch the ground. It was all, you know, and if it just, you know, with it on the helmet, if it just touched the ground at all, you don't know how they might, you know, how they might call that, whether that's a catch or whether that's, a, you know, whether it's a catch or not, it's so, can be so confusing, but there was no doubt the ball never, never touched the ground at all. And uh, I remember going up to him and, you know, we had to call a timeout because it would have taken too much time and, and it was going to get reviewed anyway. So we called timeout and uh, I remember going up to David and it's like, Hey David, you know, did you, did you catch the ball? He's like, yeah, I caught him. Like, David, don't, you know, don't lie to me. Like, there's no good to lie, lie to me in this situation. Like you're, you're a Christian man. Like, tell me the truth. Did you catch it? He's like, I promise you, I caught the ball. The ball did not touch the ground. And I had been burned by receivers before. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, went up to Plaxico and, you know, a, a play's getting reviewed and, and uh, like, Hey, did you catch it? He's like, yeah. And I see the replay and, it, and, you know, it bounced like four times. I'm like, why, you know, why do you lie to me? It does no good to lie to me in these situations. That's funny, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he did catch it. And then, but that wasn't, you know, I think, you know, people, that wasn't the end of the game. I mean, that just got us to the, totally, totally, to the, totally. To the 30 yard line. And we still had 30, you know, 30 yards to go. I hit Steve Smith on a big, you know, third down play for a first down. And then, they finally came all out blick, uh, all out blitz on us, and um, you know had Plax go on a little fade route, and he he ran like a little slant move, and uh, DB you know bit it and 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 had him wide open for the for the touchdown. Now you told me an amazing story, uh, if you're willing to share it, uh, about the Friday uh, walkthrough, and yeah. and it, Tyree, you know maybe not his best stuff. <coughs> you you have a call with Peyton. Tell, tell that story because sure. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, so the Friday, you know, it's a Friday practice before the Super Bowl, and this is the, you know, this is your this is your last practice before the game. Saturday is just a, a walkthrough, uh, so this is kind of, you know, the NFL they, they actually call it Feel Good Friday. It's one of those days where everything's just scripted to go perfect, and it's a lot of red zone. So you know, you throw a lot of touchdowns. You do like a move, you know, a little move the field, the defense, the scout team defense is kind of told like, hey, just go one step slower, kind of let let the guys catch it. You know, the ball should not touch the ground on, on Friday. It's just it's crisp and it's, you know, everything's working and you're kind of, you know, running your best plays against the best looks. And and so um, and so Plaxico, um, was, you know, had a great season that year. He's our number one receiver. He, he uh he didn't practice much throughout throughout the whole season, but he would you know kind of practice on Friday a little bit and play games. But all through the playoffs, he pra- he was feeling healthy again. He he practiced all week all through the playoffs, and and we were playing good. And so also that week he gets injured again. He he's not he's not practicing, and so on Friday he tries to practice, can't go. Like he he looked horrible. His knee was bothering him, and he could hardly run. So David Tyree is gonna kind of fill. Uh, Plaxico spot. He's going to be the X receiver. He's going to, you know, kind of, you know, that way we don't have to move everybody else around. And so, you know, we had a lot of plays kind of put in hoping, you know, for Plaxico to be there. So a lot of balls went to Tyree that day and he, you know, and I've talked to David, I'd never throw him under the bus, but he had the worst practice in the history of all practices. (laughs) 
<laughs> and like he just he couldn't catch a cold. I mean, it was he, he uh, and I've gone back and watched the practice. And he he dropped eight passes. I threw, oh I threw him nine. He dropped eight. Uh, he caught like a, a you know, like a re, like a receiver screen. You know, like a you know for one uh, yard. Uh, and so I mean, this touchdown. I mean, everything just like boom, and like, you're like. Oh my gosh! Like the feel good Friday is not feeling not feeling so good anymore. You're about to go play the biggest game of your of your life. Best receivers hurt, and the guy filling them can't can't catch the ball. So, you know, I remember and you're hitting them on the hands too, right? Yeah, you're I mean, like just, you're I mean, like I, you're feeling pretty good, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, another incomplete yeah, pass. Like, what is going on? And so, you know, I went up after him and I said, hey, well, you know, we'll, we'll be better. We'll be better Sunday. You're a gamer. You'll, you'll figure it out. So I remember, you know, get you know, you know, get on the bus going back to the hotel. So I call Peyton. We're kind of having a call. He's asking, Hey, how, how's Plax? Is he, you know, did he practice today? How'd he look? And I said, no, I said, Plax, he didn't practice. Um, you know, he didn't, he didn't look great. I don't think he's going, but I said, the good news is David Tyree had the best practice he's ever had in his Amazing. life. He's going to be <laughs> outstanding on game day. I just thought, I was like, if I can just lie to myself, and 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 make myself somehow feel good about the situation maybe it'll be okay like you know i just didn't want to say anything negative on on that friday i wanted everything to try to be positive and sure enough david comes out makes an unbelievable catch off the helmet he had a touchdown on the series before and so a great story just of of kind of belief and 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 and, uh, i guess if you're going to have the drops you'd rather do them in practice and, and and save the big catches for game day I love that story so much. And, and I think it, I mean, I think it matters that you had that attitude on the Friday going into the Super Bowl because, you know, who knows what your subconscious does in that moment. If you're saying right. to yourself, this guy's dropping eight out of nine, right. you, balls. Might, you might not, th- you might not throw it to him on the touchdown pass. You might not yeah, throw it to totally. him on the third down. To, you might so not you, give him a chance because, because you don't think he's going to, you know, make the play. And so, you know, I think it's, it, it, there is something about, having a total confidence in, in your guys, uh, on game day, like, you know, uh, you can have your doubts on, on practice or you can talk to the coaches about them, or you can have a talk with him and try to pump them up or meet with them extra. But like game day, you got to trust your offensive line. You got to trust your players, your coaches, you got to trust the system and, and kind of, you know, do what you've been practicing. And, and, you know, those guys is, you gotta believe they're going to step up and make the plays. That's why they're professionals. Well, my, my sense in listening to you is that a lot of this belief system came naturally to you and, and sort of came through repetition. But I'm curious if you did anything in your career uh, that was routine based or uh, visualization based, you know, something that you kind of force yourself to do every day as an exercise to, to sort of foster this belief system. Yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, worked on all those things. Um Kind of that same year, yeah, 2007 was the was the first year that I started working with like a sports psychologist, a guy named oh, Nate cool. Zinzer, uh, who was at a West Point, and you know I meet with him, I meet with him in person every two weeks, but we you know so I meet you know, in person every two weeks and and in between just you know have a have a a, a call on the phone, and um, and so you know each week I'm kind of communicating with them, and and I really it started in the off season so we could work on you know some of the visualization and you know you know just kind of med whether it's a little meditation or just being calm and being relaxed and uh visualize you know walking through the stadium visualize the fans you know kind of be in that that moment before you got to that moment 
And, and so, you know, did all those things and it was, it was powerful. I mean, I'd just be able to kind of sit there in a room and, 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 you know, start sweating and because you're, you know, going through the plays and you're playing a two minute drive and you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, all your senses are working. It's not just your, your kind of eyes. It's your, you know, what you're hearing, what you're smelling, like, you know, using all those things to go through it. And so, um, and, and worked with him, you know, throughout my, my whole, my whole career worked him, you know, all season, always had new, new ways to grow, new things to try to work on. And then during the season, just, you know, having different things to, you know, for myself to work on and also kind of how to, how to motivate other teammates. Like, you know, sure, kinda, yeah. how, do, how do I use what you've done to me? And all of a sudden, how do I become the psychiatrist to, to other guys to get them kind of buying in or get them, you know, in the right state of mind before this upcoming game. Um, and so he was a great, a great help and fun to work with. Was that something you would do on the day of the game too? Is like a, a rehearsed visualization or was it something you were just doing all week? Yeah, I do it. I try to during the week. I try to do it really the night before the game and kind of just, that was kind of my final, you know, I, I you know, that night we'd have like team meetings and, and some meetings, um, you know, on Saturday nights. And then afterwards I'd go in the hotel room, kind of do my last little, kind of scan of the of the game plan of the of the playbook all my notes and then kind of lay down and and kind of try to play the game a little bit right there hey, you know you know no we we would get like our first 15 plays that might be run we, i know the first third downs i know our favorite red zone plays so you kind of you know hey let's go let's lay down and, and play the game you know saturday night and then you know kind of take that into you know go to bed after that and that was kind of like all right you know that was kind of my key the you know the work had been done the preparation's done there's no more i can do on that and there's no more film to watch here's kind of the first game and then the real game will be tomorrow amazing i love that what percent of quarterbacks do you think do that in the nfl i think more i think it's pretty common now uh amongst quarterbacks and and, and players i think um people are you know putting putting more time and effort into their workouts and their trainers and their body and their diet and their, you know, massage and, and their mind. They understand that you gotta, you gotta train the mind, uh, as well, uh, to, to be, to be sharp, to be strong, to be resilient and all, and all those things. Cause the season is a grind and there's going to be ups and downs and, you know, from, from the season and from, you know, a series, to series, there's going to be so many things. And so you gotta be, mentally sharp through all these things so i think um you know i don't know the exact percentage but i, I know a, a large a, you know i'd say a pretty large part of the of the quarterback community is definitely using them especially amongst uh it seems like the best quarterbacks or the, the top quarterbacks i was with patrick mahomes maybe a month ago or so and he was telling me about some of the visualizations he does before games i happened to play golf with gary player recently and he was doing a call with Tom Brady because they both were super into visualization and Brady was talking about how he would do it when, he, you know, when he goes out into the stadium, picturing even things like the score and um, Aaron Rodgers, I think this offseason was talking about his meditation practice. So clearly there's something with quarterbacks and visualization. And I, I, I imagine too, it's also that you guys really wear two hats. I mean, you're both the quarterback and you have to execute in that role, but you're also like really the leader of the, of the team in so many ways, like your demeanor, your attitude, whether you're, you're, you're nervous or calm, I think it has a huge effect on the rest of the locker room. And so I imagine these practices help you develop both, you know, manage both of those roles, uh, you know, processes for breathing and visualizing. 
Yeah, definitely. I think I think uh, like you said, you know, the quarterback, you're, you know, everybody's kind of looking to you and how you handle, you know, circumstances. What's your what's your body language after an interception versus a touchdown? Like, you know, they're looking at you. How you're going to handle that on the sideline? If you're walking around, you know, not just what you're saying, but how you're acting, how you're walking around, how you, you know, you know, hey, the week before you get killed in a game you know what are you like monday morning when you walk back into the facility i think you know the way you conduct yourself has a huge impact well it ties to a big whoop theme that we've seen with professional athletes which is essentially going from thinking of yourself as a professional athlete for the period of time that you're at practice or a game to thinking of yourself as a professional athlete 24 7 and right. you know like I, it sounds like you you are someone who cared a lot about sleep and recovery. How do you think you might've used, I mean, you've been on whoop now for how long? Um, yeah, I'm just over a year now. So how do you uh, think you might've used it when you were a player? Yeah. You know, I, I kind of, yeah, started, started whoop in retirement. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> you should have come up with this thing 10 years ago. Well, you know, what, what do you, what are you, why are you so lazy? You know, I definitely would have used it. I think just the, just the information, um, you know, that I've learned in this year, just on sleep on, you know, you know, certain, you know, whether it's the processed foods or it's a dairy, you know, just the hydration, like kind of having those checkers each day and, and knowing, you know, seeing how your recovery is on those moments. Uh, I think, you know, what alcohol does to your recovery has been so, you know, just, uh, you know, so like, holy moly. I mean, that's just, you know, would have changed up a lot of things. Uh, you know, what, like I was drinking a ton, but just, you know, just enough on, uh, after a game, you know, I was like, Oh, I got, I got six days to, you know, before the next one, this is a time to celebrate and, 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 and be with your family and, you know, you know, hang out. And so, you know, but going, uh, just how long it takes to, after a, a late night and some drinks, how long it takes to recover for that, you know, Wednesday practice, I'm, I'm, would it be, sure. I would not have been fully recovered and, and just having that information would have, would have been, you know, a game changer, I think. And I, I wonder, the only thing I wonder, you know, just for me is, is and I, you know, I guess I could talk, you probably talked to other players, like what the mindset would have been. Like I would have definitely worn it during the week and, and had it, but like whether I would have kept it on Saturday night, into Sunday. Like I would, I, I wouldn't want to like wake up Sunday and all of a sudden like, wait, why the, why the heck am I in the red right now? And totally. like just not have, you know, just not have like, Oh, you know, just, you know, you want to wake up Sunday just thinking we got the best game plan. I'm feeling totally healthy. I'm 100% ready to go. Like you, you, I don't know if I'd want anything to think, you know, to take me out of that mindset. That, that would be the only, and I don't know, maybe if I just, you know, uh, you know, we tried out in preseason and you know, there'd be no reason I, I wouldn't be well recovered. I don't think on a, on the Sunday, but even if you were fighting a cold or, or, or just, you know, you know, I had a West coast trip the day before you're on, you had a West coast trip, you know, that you just went on, like, uh, it could affect your sleep. It just on the hours and stuff. So, um, but I think it would have been, they would have changed the, you know, this, the preparation, of my week uh, would have been a lot better, a lot better maintained. I think it w if I was wearing it while I was playing. The game day question is a fun one because uh, I've talked to a lot of different athletes about this. Football is a unique sport in that there's like 16 events, right? Hopefully right. more, but 16 events. You know, a major league baseball player, for example, kind of knows over the course of a season, hey, there's going to be days where I'm peaking physically. There's going to be days I'm a little run down. 
uh, you might want to tell yourself, Hey, all those 16 days, I'm just going to be peaking. So right. I can understand, I can understand that mindset. I mean, it was interesting though, talking to, uh, Patrick about his whoop data. Like he was in the red for one of those playoff games. He was coming right. off like a little bit of an injury. I think he had a, he, he got hit very hard in one of the games. Sure. So he, he was in the red for one of those playoff games. His attitude towards it, I thought was healthy, which is like, he's like, look, I'm not going to let what my score is affect my mindset, but I'm sure. going to use that information to help think about my preparation. So, you know, maybe the warm ups a little shorter, or maybe I'm, you know, oh, yeah. focus more on my breathing on the sidelines or whatever. And I thought that was a pretty healthy attitude. Yeah. I think that definitely, yeah, definitely makes sense. And, you know, if you had a night, if you woke up, you had a night game, so, you know, and you're in the red or in the yellow, you're like, maybe I'll get a nap before this game or try to sleep a little later or, or, or do, you know, do some things. Or like you said, maybe not, not have as, as big of a warm up, uh, like a pre pre, you know, I'd go out, yeah, like the pregame, I would do like a pre pregame and go kind of get right. a sweat. It's like maybe I won't do that this, you know, today. I don't because I don't want to waste the energy that you know uh, that extra energy just so I can be fresh throughout the whole game. And that, and that's the thing with like I always kind of used it. You know, I thought the whoop like even those days I might be in the red or green or yellow. It's like it doesn't mean I can't just go out there and, and perform and I totally. could have my best my best day today. It's just. You know, it's just you don't want to have a habit of of you know the day you are performing to keep doing it in those moments. You, know, you might be at more risk, and and so you just don't you know you want to you know try to plan better for those moments. But hey, that's that's part of being an athlete. There's going to be times when you're not at your best and you're not feeling your best, and you know it. You got injuries, or you got sick, or you got stuff going on, and you got your mind wandering. But you got to find a way. To like for those that three hours, it's like I got to dial it in right here, right now, and just you know forget it and have no excuses and find a way to be at my best and to peak and to make plays when I need to and and just kind of you know have that willpower to to forget about everything and and you know and and say I'm not gonna you know after this game there are gonna be no excuses. It's not, I'm not looking for a way out or an excuse of why I play poorly I'm, instead i want to I'm, I'm gonna you know show how tough i am you know to myself and prove that no matter what's thrown at me i can overcome it well you mentioned peaking on sunday which i think is the right right way to frame it one other thing that whoop has been helpful with for people who literally have like a weekly cadence where they want to peak is actually making sure they don't overdo it on a day that they're tapering right because often you start recovering a little better as you lead up to something knowing that you have to be more prepared so if someone's in the green on a Friday for what's supposed to be a light day, and next thing you know, they just feel so good that they're they're sort of putting an amount of strain on their body that they can't feel, that actually isn't that good either because you're now kind of unnecessarily running your body down going into, you know, potentially the game. It would have been interesting. There would have been a lot of looking at your uh, strains and, and just, you know, kind of figuring out the best way to how to kind of go about it. And I think you would use like preseason. And, and different practices to kind of understand uh, all those things to kind of, you know, just, you know, get a great uh, game plan about how you want to handle each week and, and what you want to do on certain days based off, based off how you're feeling a little bit. Now, are you and uh, you and Peyton on a whoop team together or are you on any whoop teams? I, I'm on one whoop team just kind of with my, uh, with uh, my cousin kind of uh, does some, some fitness 
he's kind of like a, a, a strength trainer out of Nashville. And so he asked me to join one. And so I do it a little bit. I'm not, I'm not with Peyton. I know you've talked to him before. He's very, he, uh, Peyton is every time I'm with him, he's like, what's your HRV? Which, let me see your yeah. HRV. He's very <laughs> he's worried addicted about his to HRV, HRV. Yeah. His <laughs> HRV being too low. So he's very much addicted to it. Uh, I asked him, uh, you know, he obviously, uh, just, you know, just got into the hall of fame. He had a big party Sunday night, but he went to, you know, John Lynch's on Saturday night. He went to Steve Hutchinson's on Friday night. I was, I saw him Monday morning. I'm like, I want to see your whoop after, I know you've been out <laughs> about 3 a.m. Three nights yeah, in a right. row. Like what's the HRV right now? He's like, you, you don't want to know. I, I, I can't even look. I don't even want to look at it. I know it's not good. Now the two of you are hosting Monday night football together. Tell us about this. This is going to be awesome. I think. Yeah. So we're excited. Um, you know, it's, it's both of us, uh, and we're just doing it like kind of like this on, on, on a zoom. I'm doing it from my house uh, New Jersey. He's doing it from his house in Denver and, um, we'll have a host and, and it's, it's kind of like you're watching, you know, watching the game at your house or watching the game at a bar and you're just, you know, you're not analyzing every single play, the, the, the first and 10 run for three yards. Like we don't have to talk about that, but you know, the big plays, you know, we can actually analyze a little bit more and we can, you know, go dive into that for 30 seconds or 45 seconds or longer. So we're kind of, you know, we're kind of telling old war, you know, war stories, old football stories. We'll have guests in and, 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 you know, have, you know, kind of just talk, talk ball, talk life, talk everything. And then at critical moments, the red zone or third down conversions or two minute drives, like we'll dive, we'll dive into football and, and do, you know, kind of talk, talk ball, talk situational stuff. And, um, uh, so it's, you know, I think each week we'll kind of, you know, learn a little bit what, what works, what doesn't work, what fans like and, and, and grow with it. But, uh, I'm excited about it. It should be a lot of fun. Just, you know, uh, I don't get to see my brother all that often. So I don't know the last time we've sat and, and watched a ton of, you know, football together, um, you know, uh, since probably we were, you know, in, 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 or he was in high school and I was in middle school that we would do that. So you get to do that, you know, for 10, 10 Mondays, uh, will be, will be fun. I think it's going to be amazing. And, uh, I'm sure the two of you are going to have, uh, great chemistry and, and I think it, you know, I think what, what this is, is a, a different form of broadcasting in a way, you know, that sort of feeling like, uh, hey, the Mannings are on my couch and we're sitting back and watching the game, you know, exactly like, exactly. you know, the Al Michaels Collinsworth thing. OK, they've dialed that in. We're going to talk about every play. We're going to know every single player. OK, uh, let's not compete with them. But hey, here are two guys who know a ton about football. And by the way, are probably people that want to hang out with you guys. And, you know, to me, that's just a really interesting format. Yeah. And that, and that's the idea. And and so obviously you have your fans that, you know, when, when, uh, the Vikings are playing the bears, you have your Viking fans, your bear fans that are like, you know, dialed into this game, but then you have the other people who are just, you know, they like football and they're just kind of watching the game and, and they just want to, you know, just relax and hear some stories or, or, uh, you know, you know, maybe learn a few little things, but you know, we're not, we're not going to, and, you know, just, you know, have, have the same structure. That's kind of what you see on TV. It'll be a, a definite a, a kind of alternative way to watch the game and, and kind of a new, you know, a new approach. Well, I love it. Now where, where can folks uh, find this? That'll be on, it'll be on ESPN, you know, plus, so you can stream that uh, as kind of the starting point. There'll be a few other venues uh, each, you know, each game, but that's the ESPN plus will be where it's at.
It's been interesting. I've gotten to know more about the production of sports from Whoop Live, which is our you know, effort to put heart rate and other live um, elements of physiology on broadcast, right? We're doing it with golf and we're going to do it with other sports so you can see their heart rate in real time. But it's been fascinating to learn more about just the amount that goes into a production. I think the average fan takes, takes it a little for granted. I certainly did. All those different things that are coming up on the screen are, uh, you know, different forms of software that are getting queued at, you know, at the perfect moment. Yeah, no doubt. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes, that goes into it and getting the team and, and, and just, you know, having a game plan of what, you know, what kind of videos you want to show and, you know, Hey, when are we going to kind of go to this story and how am I going to set you up? So there's a lot, a lot going on and, and I'm still learning kind of that, that side of it as well. Uh, kind of, you know, being the first time kind of going on the, on the production side. Well, I think it's going to be awesome. That's on uh, ESPN plus uh, Eli and Peyton. And, uh, and this has been great, man. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, grateful to have you on whoop and, uh, in my life. And, uh, thank you for coming on the whoop podcast. Appreciate it. Eli. Yeah. Thank you. This was a lot of fun and thanks for the whoop. It's been fun to test, you know, kind of know, know how I'm feeling, test the days. And, and, uh, I love, I love waking up with a, with a green and just knowing, Hey, I gotta, I gotta get after it today. That's my mindset. When I see green, I'm like, <laughs> I gotta find a way to to get after it some way. Am I going for a run? Am I hitting the weights? Peloton, like tennis, you know, I gotta just, I gotta sweat. I gotta take advantage of this green deck. Thanks to Eli coming on the Whoop podcast. I'm excited to check out Monday Night Football with him and Peyton. Reminder, you can get 15% off a Whoop membership if you use the code WILL, W-I-L-L. You can find us on social at Whoop, at Will Ahmed. And if you like the Whoop podcast, please sure to leave us a review or a comment. Definitely helps people find the podcast and helps us get better at this. So with that, stay healthy, folks, and stay in the green.